Hello! Welcome to Who We Are and What Makes Us Human with me, Kayla Cedar. I am so excited to kick off this podcast with the very first episode. I feel like there should be a drum roll or something. Um, But wow, I'm really, I'm so nervous. I'm so pumped. I can't wait for you to hear it. Uh, The very first episode is a really good one. There is no better way to kick off this series than by having my sister, Maya Cedar, as a guest. She is one of the most empathetic, sensitive, kind, caring, creative, funny, and just awesome people that I know. And I'm so grateful to have her in my life. And the reason that she's just the perfect guest for this first episode is because part of the reason that I decided to start this podcast was because I was inspired by her. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're also going to talk a little bit about what is personal growth and what does it mean to each of us and the way that we think that maybe the idea and rhetoric around the term personal growth should change. And then we're going to dive into the main topic of the episode, which is societal expectations. We're going to talk a little bit about the expectations that we had for ourselves based on the expectations that existed in the society in which we lived in or do live in. Uh, and how that affected us, and the way that we deal with that. And so I hope that this inspires you, makes you think, or just entertains you. And so without further ado, let's kick it off. Welcome to the very first episode. All right. So, uh, hi. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, it's not morning by me, but yeah. Hi. Yeah. Hi. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, set the scene a little bit. It is seven 31 in the morning in New York. And what time is it in Tel Aviv? In Tel Aviv. (laughs) Oh, in in Israel. (laughs) It's two 32. 2.32 in the afternoon. So good afternoon and good morning for me. Um, uh, I'm Kayla and I'm here with Maya and we're both Cedars. Yes, we are. (laughs) Uh, Maya is my sister-in-law, which means she is my husband's sister. Um, And I've known you for what, like 15 years? 15? I'm 30. So I think about 14 years. Yeah, something like that. I think that you were like 12, 12 or something. When I- <laughs> oh my God, right, right. Because I met you before and me and Michael were together, which is pretty insane because that's like over half of my life that I know you, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but we weren't friends for that long, obviously. Right. I think we became a little bit closer once me and Mike got together. But I also think once we got married and we started coming to Israel a lot more. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to have you as the first guest on this podcast because our conversations always go somewhere really special, even if we're just <laughs> making comments <laughs> or something. Um, and yeah, and so um, you actually, you and Miriam, your friend Miriam Solinsky, who has her own podcast right now, uh, remind me what it's called. It's called Masail Machshavot Halev. Should I translate that for you? Yes. It's pretty much like a path to your uh, machshavot alev. It's like you, it's 
it's, it means like thoughts of the heart, but it's like right, exactly, right, yeah, like right, exactly. Right. Yeah, so it's it's the translations don't always work, which um, yeah, yeah but some but sometimes they do. Um, and so that brings me to the podcast that you had with Miriam, and so you and Miriam had a podcast. Besides for plug in Miriam's podcast, which is really good, so people should listen to it if you speak Hebrew. So you and your friend Miriam did a podcast in Hebrew. Um, and can you share? I would love it if you shared the name, so I don't butcher the accent. Okay. <laughs> So the podcast is called Masha Kanire Over Al Kulanu. With and, Mana and Miriam. Right. Um, and pretty much it's it just means like the things that we that we all go through. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so um I think I I will have shared a little bit about this um after the time that you and I are recording this, but uh, I really loved listening to that podcast and I was looking for something that I could do that would um, I guess kind of add to the world and also add to my life. And so I was feeling pretty inspired by your podcast. And I, I called you and I spoke to you about it. And I was like, you know, what would you think about me doing something similar? Um, is it, can I basically rip you guys off? And then you said, <laughs> I said, you're insane for even asking me because of course, of course you can. And not only, of course you can, like, it would be amazing if you would. Yeah. Yeah. So I loved that response, obviously. <laughs> um, and then I spoke to Miriam too, and she was all for it. And she's awesome. She actually was here uh, in the States recently and helped me kind of sort through some of my ideas. So, so yeah, so I wanted to have you as the first guest on this podcast because I wanted to share about how you inspired me to do something similar. And because like I said, I think our conversations always go somewhere really special. And I just thought it would be really cool first episode. So I'm excited that you're here and thanks for joining. Thank you so much. I'm really honored to be your first guest and I am excited slash nervous. Yeah, me too. Excited slash nervous. <laughs> and so today we're going to talk about a couple of things, but I think uh, we wanted to start a little bit with around kind of rehashing a conversation that we had on the phone when we were talking a little bit about what this episode might look like. And I think I was sharing with you, Maya, a little bit about uh, what I thought could be cool to bring out in the podcast and so sort of my purpose for the podcast and things I've spoken about around like what I want to do here which is similar to what you did but I was using um you know a couple of different phrases and and the way that I was expressing like what I wanted for people to get out of the podcast and why I feel like you know maybe I have something to add and the people I talk to have something to add and then you shared with me your thoughts around that also and so something that you shared with me is that you're and I think the way you said it is you're a little bit allergic to the words or to the phrase personal growth yeah. Right. yeah. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about that. I want to hear a little bit about your opinions on that. Um, and then we can kind of dive into our first subject around personal growth. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the reason I feel a little bit like itchy when I hear that word itchy. is <laughs> um, that I feel like sometimes personal, the word, the phrase personal growth is used to kind of illustrate how uh people's life starts from point a then goes to point b and 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 there's always like um an up, upward kind yeah. of motion like, like a forward or a forward motion and a straight and, and like a linear and a straight linear motion about how people um grow as grow and develop and and as people and i feel like part of the whole idea of my podcast, which is to like normalize um, certain topics and and um, and like 
minimize like loneliness around those topics mm-hmm. is that um, part of, so, at least only I'll talk about my experience is that uh, it doesn't always work like that in life. Sometimes there's like growth and sometimes there's like, I don't know, regression. I don't know the word. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. And then, and, and I've, I've been, I've had times in my life where I felt like I am growing and, and t- sometimes where I feel like I'm right back where I thought I'd never be. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a lot of like loneliness in that because we're supposed to only always be going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's the reason I feel uncomfortable with that, with that. Yeah. And when you say personal growth, like you said, there's this connotation of like growth as in an upward direction and, 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 um, I totally get that. And I think, uh, I think something that I've been thinking a lot about lately, and actually one of the reasons that I, that pushed me to, to do this podcast is, um, I think you and I are similar in the way that we grew up and probably people who listen to this, if people listen to this, we'll hear, uh, <laughs> uh, knock on wood, we'll hear a little bit about like my upbringing and, and the people that I talked to his upbringing and my upbringing was pretty hectic. And I think, um, something I've been thinking about a lot lately, lately and actually talking with my therapist about, um, is, uh, is I was on like survival mode for a really long time. And I think I, I thrive in that way, right? Because just society will, um, and evolution, evolutionary uh, fact is that we will adapt and then end up uh, thriving based on what we've grown up with from when we're young. And so I, since I was on survival mode for a while, I currently now also thrive in survival mode. So like, even when I was a student, my best work happened when my papers and assignments were due really quickly and I was on a deadline. And that's just kind of the way my body and my brain function now. And so I think I always had this idea of like, when I get to as a, as a kid, and I think it's not only unique to the way that I grew up. I think a lot of people have that idea of, of when I get to, right. So it could be when I get married or when I have a kid, when I job. Right. And so I've been thinking a lot about that lately because I feel like growing up, I was always the person who was mature for her age, which, you know, now you grow up and you realize that's not necessarily a good thing. Kids should be allowed to be kids, but but I think I always felt very kind of grown, right? And when we think about personal growth, I felt very personally grown. I felt very yeah. emotionally sure. intelligent. Yeah. yeah. And I felt um I felt like I had my shit together from a young age because I had to and and a lot of other you had a lot of you had a lot of pride in that, is what you're yes. saying. Exactly. Yeah. It was a big part of my identity for sure. And then I think, you know, turning 30, I didn't have a, a traditional kind of, um, you know, 30 year old crisis, like a lot of, uh, people do. I think I had it in a little bit of a different way where it was like the years leading up to 30, I was, um, I was finishing my master's program. I was working in a job that I was really proud to have, uh, landed. And now I've been there for a little over two years. So it's not so like new anymore. And, um, it's still exciting. And I I love, you know, what I do and, and my, my work, but it's, um, it's work, you know, it's not life. And I think, not being in the hustle all the time, I had a lot of quiet time. And I started realizing that like, I'm not grown, right? This personal growth of like turning 30 and being 30, like I'm not grown. I'm not where I thought I would be when I was 15. And that's not a bad thing, right? I've changed a lot of what I wanted when I was, um, thought what I thought I wanted to have at 30 when I was 15 is not what I want now. And I'm actually thrilled with that. And we'll talk a lot about that because we do want to talk about expectations and I think it's societal, but also, you know, how that, obviously how that becomes our own expectations of ourselves, but I'm talking a lot, but the point is that, um, 
I feel like I totally agree with you. And that's also what pushed me to do this podcast is that I, I got to a point where I was like, I am not done my personal growth and I will never be done my personal growth. But at this point, I, I want to do something that will kind of unstick myself. Right. And so how can I start thinking about things in a different way, start working on myself, start just getting my brain moving in a, in a different way than it has been over the past, you know, months, years. So I agree with you. And I think uh, just to reiterate that everything we talk about is not to say that there's a start and an end. There's no start and end. Yeah. Growth isn't linear. And we're just here to talk about things that I don't know, affect us, make us feel, make us, make us want. Yeah. Also, I want to add to that. Like there's nothing wrong with like wanting to grow. It's a good thing. Yes. And it's good to, to strive to, to grow as a person. So yeah. it's it's not like a negative thing. It's just that sometimes it doesn't always happen how we want it to, but it's a good thing to to try to to yes. achieve. Yeah. Yeah. I think it reminds me of when I, uh, before I got married, I got a personal trainer, which is like, if you know me, it's not necessarily like the type of thing that I would do, like, you know, get, like get fit for the dress or something like that. But I really just wanted to be able to dance at my wedding and not be exhausted. So I got a personal trainer and I remember working out with him. And I told him, and he was obviously this guy that was like in super good shape. And I was like exhausted after one of the things he had me do. And I was like, okay, so like, does like, is this easy for you? Whether it was like pushups or running, I don't remember what it was. And I was like, so does this get like easy for you? And like, now, like you're e- like, now you can do this stuff easily. And he goes, and he looked at me and he kind of like laughed. And it was again, my, my first like real foray into having a personal trainer. I had, I had never had like instructed yeah. fitness besides for the class. And he I've was never. like, <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> It was cool. It was cool. And he was like, um, well, yeah, it gets now like it gets easy, but when it gets easy, you have to make it hard again. Like that's when you level up. Right. So if it's, if it, and I just remember him saying that, and I remember him saying like, well, when it gets easy, you make it hard because yeah. you don't grow unless it gets hard again. And I was yeah. like, well, shit. shit, major shit. Also, it's one of those things where it like kind of ha- happens in passing, but like somehow it like makes an, a, an imprint on your mind and you never forget it because it, it like, you're like shit. It's like when you realize that you'll never be a grown up one day. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god, yes! Like we're grown. And when did it happen? I sometimes hear people my age say, and sometimes I say, like, "Oh, what do I want to be when I grow up?" That's, I'm yeah. never, I'm never done. You know, like, yeah. or you imagine that one day you'll be this other person than what you are, like, personality wise. Like, mm-hmm. I'll be responsible. I'll be this. I'll be that. Then you're like, "Oh no, I'll still be just same old me." Like. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. Wow. I feel like that was a lot of hard hitting, (laughs) (laughs) like the grown up thing I've thought about before for sure. Um, and I, and I actually don't mind when people ask me, what are you going to be when you grow up? Like, it makes me laugh, but I, but I'm like, yeah, I think it's cool that at 30, I still have potential to be something else at 35 and 40 and 45 and every year in between and after, but, but, (laughs) but the fact that, that, that I think that, aligns very much with what we're hopefully about to dive into finally um (laughs) thinking that at one point you'll be somewhere like you'll be someone else like this new person when I'm x when I'm y and like you just you're still you like hopefully you work on things that you want to work on and hopefully you get to places you want to get to but you don't always and and you sometimes like you said revert and regress and uh that's fine. That's just part of being human, a painful and hard part of being human, but part of being yeah. human nonetheless. So, so let's right. talk about it. Cause let's talk about, uh, that experience and how people maybe don't talk about it, but it's there. It's very real. So yeah. Okay. Let's. Love it. <laughs>
So today, uh, what I thought could be cool to talk about with the two of us, which we've obviously discussed, is expectations and societal expectations. And I think this came up sort of briefly in a conversation we once had, and I'd love to dive into it. And so what I mean by that is expectations is a broad term. So uh, what I'd like to talk about is that society will often promote or encourage certain things. And that could be a lifestyle, that could be uh, a way of thinking, that could be a way of acting, a way of being, et cetera. Uh, and that growing up in these societies, uh, and for us, it's a, a very like Eastern culture, right? So a very like, uh, for me, it's, uh, sorry, a Western culture. For me, it's a very- Yeah, and, very- I, and I disagreed with you, like, yeah, Eastern, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was like Middle East, Eastern. Um, yeah, it's a very like Western mentality. So in the U S maybe that's like being materialistic or, you know, uh, I would love to talk about like growing up in the traditional family structure. We're encouraged to have specifically growing up in the way that we grew up with, which is Orthodox Jewish, um, very Orthodox Jewish. It's also has its own set of uh, expectations in that society. And then obviously I'm sure in Israel, it comes uh, with its own set of expectations. And so I think those expectations permeate who we are as people. And then obviously kind of imbue our way of thinking and our expectations for ourselves. And so I'd love to dive into a little bit of that because I know personally, even just reflecting on what we've just talked about, thinking about, oh, this is where I thought I would be at 30. I'm not there. And a lot of that has to do with what society expected of me, my society, my personal community that I grew up in, and then also just the world um, and coming to terms for me with the fact that, well, you know what, that's actually not what I want right now. And yeah, would love to just kind of share a bit about those experiences because I think that could maybe resonate with some people. So what yeah. do you say? Cool. Uh, yeah, let's. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So maybe uh, I would love to know how you feel about expectations and if this brings anything up for you. Oh yeah. So many things. So, so many things. I feel a lot of ways about expectations. <laughs> so before I, before I say how I feel about expectations, I want to kind of give you the like set the the I don't know how to say it scene scene. but uh but like give you like the background um so I am a person with uh ADHD Mm -hmm. and I'll refer to that soon when I when I uh when I say like how I feel about expectations you have ADHD no (laughs) no way no way um and also, uh, I am also a person like like you said, who uh, comes from a very specific uh, ultra religious background. Um, and apart from that, I feel like there's certain uh, norms that apply to me because I'm a woman. Certain uh, expectations that apply to me because all the different you know like uh, intersections. So, first of all, I'll go. F- I, I think I'll go first of all for the 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 ADHD thing. Mm-hmm. So I think since I'm a very, very, very little kid, like I can't even put my finger on when it started, but pretty much since I can remember myself, I've always known that I wasn't like everybody else, but I didn't know why. Pretty much I thought it was because I was like just a bit of a crappier person. But oh. <laughs> but I knew like when I was in school, I knew that the expectation was that I would uh, do my homework and like be able to comprehend what is being said to me mm-hmm. and those are things that I like wasn't able to do mm-hmm. and and also it wasn't like communicated to me that like maybe there's a reason why it's hard for you 
so I always internalized you know like it like it was my my problem like something it was my lack of lack of will because I was always told that I was um lazy and 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 everything like that yeah actually yeah like well yeah I'm shaking my head and yeah teachers and and friends and everyone just society and that if I tried a little harder then I would just be able to do it for me it was very very you know strong like some everybody has like the the inner critic who mm-hmm. says something negative to them I, yeah. so it's not it's not oh and and that the, the voice started as an external voice and then you would like internalize it you know but it sometimes it's you're lazy and sometimes it's uh, something else. I don't know. For me, it's that I'm lazy and messy and, and, and all, all those things. Um, okay. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I think, let's say if you're a little kid who's chubby, right. Or who doesn't look like the other little kids, maybe that, uh, outer critic that becomes that inner critic is you eat too much and, uh, there's no need and why are you still hungry and things like that. Um, that's horrible. And then this is something else as well. Cause it's affecting, also the way you perceive yourself and and then definitely the things you expect from yourself in the future. And then I think growing up, like as you grow, there are certain things where like as humans, naturally, we always uh, compare ourselves. It's like a, 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 nat- a hu- natural human thing that we do. Not oh, yeah. And so obviously we're always like comparing our insides to somebody else's outside. Mm-hmm. So we think that we are able to do X and they are able to do Y. And we, we, we only see like the outside results of it. For example, if I am able to, if it takes me like four hours to do the assignment and somebody else, it takes two hours to do the assignment. And I feel like, um, so yeah, it's true. It does take me a lot longer, but also I don't know what they have, what they, I don't know what their other struggles are. I don't know what anything of their life is like. I just know that I, that I see what I see from the outside. Um, I was just trying to think about all the, all the like different ways that expectations affect me. So, so the ADHD is one thing where like, I'm constantly comparing myself, my, my abilities to somebody else's abilities. And in some ways it's, it's a disability. Yeah. So I'm never, I'm never measuring up. And in other ways, it's just like, it, it like, depending on where you live and who the people who you're surrounded by mm-hmm. are, that you just naturally think you naturally compare yourself to them, like, yeah. depending on where you live. So for example, right now, we live in a place where um, the families around us are, are older, mm-hmm. like the, the parents are like 10 or 20 years older than us. Oh, okay. And so like we're 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 younger. And so they're like and also it's a very like career driven um sort of environment. Uh-huh. So when we just moved here and it, at first it was really, really hard for me yeah. uh, because I feel like I felt like I would never measure up like I, whatever I would do, like these people are so advanced in their life. Yeah. in their careers and in and wherever they are in their life I would never measure up so like for example if I lived somewhere where people valued creativity in the same way that I do and it didn't really matter to them whether your career was like super high achieving developed you know yeah. then maybe I would compare myself to them and I'd be like okay yeah it's fine but right. because because I live in a place where everything is like very 
fast paced, uh-huh. high pressure uh, kind of lifestyle, uh-huh. then I feel like in that way, it affects me a lot that I feel like I right now I feel it less because I'm just really focusing on doing what I love. But for a while, also when I was unemployed, like that was really, really shameful for me. I like couldn't even like when like I had major anxiety about people even asking me like what I do for a living. Yeah. Like I would sweat like just thinking about somebody asking me that because I would feel so ashamed just because like the norm around me is so different, you know? Yeah. So, so the society in which you currently find yourself expects that you, especially because the average age rate. I imagine, I want to say that I imagine that they expect, because in reality, people don't really actually care, you know? Yeah. 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 Actually. And it's funny because you, you reference the fact that their averages, like the families are the parents, let's say of the families or the adults in the neighborhood adults going back to that. Um, but the average age is, is, is maybe 10 years older than you. So I guess in their forties, right. So they're maybe in their mind, they're also thinking, Oh, like they're so young, they have so much time, but in your head, you're like, I'm all, I'm not there. And, and what, and they're all, they're all this certain way. And they probably think I, XYZ. And I love that because I think that kind of merges two really important topics, which is one, expectations, right? The societal expectations. And so if we look at it from a, uh, you know, let's say third party, but it's never third party because it's always objective, which will bring me to my second point. But if we look at it from that perspective, it's like, this is the expectation of the place in which I live. Everyone has these high powered professional sort of, and in a very probably typical, what you think of professional way, not like, uh, you know, uh, its own interpretation of what a successful career is, but in a more stereotypical way, jobs and, and uh, are super driven. And that's just not where I am right now. And so that's that expectation that I'm not meeting. And then there's this other sort of topic and subject of the, sub- the subjectiveness behind it. And that, do they actually really give a shit? <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and like, is it just you, the voice inside of you and, and that expectation that you've had from when you were little and those voices from when you were little telling you this way that now you're kind of putting on where you live. Um, and oh, I think, sure. yeah. And I think, sorry, it's, I think it's a combination of both. I think that often people tell you, oh, it's, it's, it's just you and it's in your head. And I think that that, that actually does a disservice to our natural intuition because I've had people tell me, like, if I've thought, let's say in the past that somebody doesn't like me and people tell you, oh, you're so silly. Like, of course they like you. Why wouldn't they like you? Uh, whatever. Insert reason why here, why yeah. they, you know, of right. course they like you. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, but it's actually not cool. Cause you're kind of invalidating my intuition about that. And and it's also okay for people to not like me. And so I think the combination, I think the society probably does have that expectation in some way in which you, and I also think it's your own self putting that in a way. Right. And also I want to add that as a like highly sensitive person, Mm -hmm. it's hard to know whether you're listening to your intuition or maybe, or whether it's your neuroses talking to you, you know, like it's hard to to always know. It's like, between them. And for people who don't know Maya, she is super sensitive and she feels really deeply, which I think is one of your superpowers, but also often our superpowers also are often our, our struggles too, right? Like yeah, you feel deeply definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I love that. And I think that that's a, a big part of society too. I think um, I actually encounter that in the opposite in, in, which is interesting in, um, in the world I grew up in, in which, and this is, I'm, I'm going to get stereotypical here and I don't like to live by stereotypes, but um, in general, in the society that I grew up in, and I think we grew up in, 
in the Orthodox community, women are not encouraged to seek out, you know, kind of what we were, what you were referring to as like high power professional careers. Mm -hmm. And so um, growing up, I didn't really have exposure to very many career options. So for me, it was either um, some kind of therapist, right? Which is awesome. I think therapy is awesome. And whether that's a, you know, a social work therapy, psychology, or physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, those things, um, being a teacher, right? Like mm-hmm. a Mora. So either in high school or, or for preschool or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you were like really smart or academic, you would be like a nurse or a doctor. Um, mm-hmm. Those were kind of the options. options. Yeah. Um, and I am not someone, my brain does not work in the science way. <laughs> I'm not like a math and science person, like a STEM person. It's just not how my brain works. I'm, I've always been good at literature. I've always loved reading, but, but, and I actually did quite enjoy math when I had a good teacher, um, you know, that I felt like took the time to explain it to us in creative ways. And I, and I did enjoy doing it. It's like fun to solve problems, but, mm-hmm. but I was never a math and science person. And so for me, I was always a high achiever. And so for me, the most prestigious option that was available to me was becoming a therapist or a psychologist, a psychiatrist. And I was like, I'll get my PhD or I'll get my side year or whatever it is. And so I actually found that those expectations in my community growing up were for me to, and the reason just to backtrack a little bit, I think the ingrained reason that these are the professions that are presented to young women in the Orthodox Jewish society is because the goal of women is to grow up, get married, raise a family and continue to, you know, to, to be like, not politically correct about it, repopulate the earth with Jewish babies. <laughs> so, sure, for yeah. sure. And that's um, actually a mitzvah, uh, a good deed, or or one of our commands um, in the Torah is called Peru Uruvu, which basically means um, to have children and repopulate the earth with Jewish babies. <laughs> um, multiply. multiply. Exactly. <laughs> Be fruitful and multiply. Um, yes, be fruitful and multiply. Um, <laughs> yeah, but um, but anyway, so so I think um, that was right. That's why society, my society, presented us with those career options because you're supposed to have a career that lends itself to that life structure, growing up, getting married, having babies. And all of these careers that I've listed work well with those, right? Nurses can have um, schedules that they pick, occupational, physical, speech therapists can make their own schedules, do client calls, and then be home at night for kids and for dinner. And I just want to pause and say, that's awesome. And I think if you want that- Exactly. And if you choose that, that's awesome. And I think it's great that um, we are presented with options that will lend themselves to that because I do think many people do want to grow up and raise a family. Right. And, and yeah, here's the question of like, do we want it because society wants us to want it or do we actually want it? And my answer for everything is always a combination of both. And that that's fine. As long as at the end of the day, you're happy with what you've chosen and decided that's the, you know, that's the hope. But I, I, as I continued to grow up, I didn't, I didn't find interest or um, even skill to to do one of those options. And so I wanted to do something that, you know, was, let's say I said, get a side D or a PhD and be like a psychologist or a therapist. And then eventually I got to college and I was like, actually, I don't want to do this at all. <laughs> this is not actually what I want to do. And so long story short, I found my way to organizational psychology and to, and, and I'm in HR now um, in a more like project management oriented capacity, which I am really starting to love. But I think it's just interesting to think about the way that society has affected me and how um, I've ended up where I've ended up. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think specifically when it comes to 
raising a family. Uh, and that's something that I still am struggling with, like to this day, because I think um, it's not just about what I was raised to believe is the right thing to do, which I no longer believe that that is the right thing to do from a personal perspective. It's also the society in which I live, where maybe you live in a community. This is not obviously the only community in which you uh, find yourself because we have millions of societies in which we exist uh, in our day to day. But the community that you refer to, which is people a little bit in this sort of maybe a further stage of their life and in this certain career path, the society that I find myself in outside of my work society, my personal social society and community um, are 95, 99 almost percent of my friends have children are already onto their second or um and we're all 30 right we all got married young I got married 24 that was considered late most of my friends got married at 19 20 22 really late you old maid I was an old maid (laughs) and I felt like an old maid which is another expectation we could talk about and uh, a different you know maybe if we but um, the expectation now that I would have kids and the questions that I get all the time, wherever I am, you know, I was at the gym the other day and a girl who I had met for the very first time, who I had a mutual friend with asked me, oh, do you have children? And it was, you know, natural in conversation. They were talking about their children. And I said, no. And then she looked at me and she said, by choice. And I naturally said, no, I said, yes, by choice. Um, it's, you know, intentional, it's an mm-hmm. intentional thing. It's on purpose. It's, uh, it's, it's not, you know, I, and I kind of, I'm stumbling now because I kind of stumbled then and I was like, yeah, yeah, no, on purpose. No, we don't want kids. And they gave my standard, like, is it, that, is, it that anxiety, like, is it similar to the anxiety I was describing about when people would ask me like what I do for a living? Is it like a similar, like, like cringe when people ask you that question? Um, I think it used to be when I was a little bit younger, when I was like 25, 26, um, I would actually, I would say when I, I got married at 24, I would say when I was like, till I was like 27, it wasn't a cringe. Cause I felt like I've only been married X amount of time, one or two years, three years. And it, it was kind of still acceptable. And then I think I had like two or three years where it was cringe. Um, mm-hmm. and it was like, Oh, what they ask, what am I going to say? No, no, no. I don't want people to think I'm struggling with infertility, not because it's a shameful thing, just because I feel like, no, uh, I'm not exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I don't need people in to pray for me, which has happened in our community. Oh, like, yeah. like people pray for you, like regardless of yes, <laughs> yeah. I just don't like it. It's not a good. Doesn't evoke good feelings. Like it, you know, it evokes like a there's something wrong with you feeling. And I'm like, it, there's nothing wrong with me. Like you know what I mean. And even if even if I was struggling with infertility, there would still not be anything wrong with me. But I'm not going to sure. talk about that because it's not my experience. But um, yeah. but. But yeah, it's just um, now it's just kind of like it's slightly uncomfortable. It doesn't evoke the same anxiety. I think the anxiety it evokes in me is sort of this pressure for myself to decide because Mm -hmm. when we got married, I was like, all right, not yet. And then we got a little older and I was like, not yet. And Michael, my husband laughs at me because he'll, he'll say like, I used to say, well, I I don't want to have kids. I don't want to be 30 when I want to start having kids, but I also don't want to have kids for like five years. And he was like, (laughs) your math's not adding up, sweetheart. So, uh, (laughs) but yeah, so, so I think now I'm at the stage where, um, and then I went through a period where I was like, absolutely not, never. I just don't want children. I don't see that for myself. And, um, you know, I could get into why that is, but I don't, I think that's the point. The point is more about the expectation of it. Now I'm at the point where I'm just like, okay, I don't know that I, it's a hard no still, 
but it's it's a, it's definitely a not right now and a not for this foreseeable future but as women we have we have a clock unfortunately for better or for worse right. um and so i think the anxiety it brings up for me is just around making that decision like like you got to make that decision you got to make that decision um and that's stressful obviously cuz i don't know yeah yeah yeah. So I think for me, that's where the expectation hits um, and feels really relevant for me at this stage of my life. Obviously at other stages, it's been around career. It's been around marriage. It's been around, um, I don't know, making a certain amount of money. It's been around, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, looking a certain way, buying certain clothes, things like that. But for me right now, this is sort of where I'm like living in my moment. Yeah. So for me, another thing that comes up around expectations is, is, uh, again, relating to the ADHD, it actually, I think, is the thing that affects me the most with expectations and comparison and comparison, like to others. Mm-hmm. Um, is that like, you go to other people's houses, and like, they're tidy and clean mm-hmm. and nice. Yeah. And especially like recently I've, I've become close with, uh, with one of my neighbors, like we became uh, pretty good friends mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter when I show up at her house. Like if it's unannounced, announced, invited, not like in the middle of the night, I don't know, like her house always looks freaking amazing. Wow. And, and my house is like 90% of the time, like messy ish, I would say. And and 10% of the time, not messy-ish. Yeah. Um, and even today, I asked uh, Sahar, my older son, how, how often do you think our house is messy? I wanted to get like his perspective on it. And he's like, it's mostly messy. I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> That's about right. And feeling like I I will never, like I I hate that it's like that, but I can't make it not be like that. Yeah. And I will I will never measure up. And um, I love this uh, TED talk I stumbled upon um, where she talks about it. It's a lady named uh, Casey Davis. And like literally yesterday or two days ago, I'm not sure, like I stumbled stumbled upon this. And she talks about um, she talks about uh, neurodivergence and 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 how like that makes and and disability and stuff like that and how that makes it hard uh, to do like care tasks and daily function, like basic things. And she talks about this concept of uh, moral neutrality, like about how, like if your house is messy or clean, it doesn't make you like a more moral person, like more, less, like less lazy or more productive or whatever. It's just, uh, it's just more a question of like, does your house serve you the way you need it to serve you? Like, are mm-hmm. you able to function the way you want to function? Yeah. And then once you like take the shame out of out of the circumstance, like yes, your sink might be piled to the ceiling, but it's not like it's not a moral thing. It's just right. it could be an inconvenience. It can be, you know, but like once you take like the morality out of it, yeah. It like you're like I'm all of a sudden like able to breathe like the shame component of not meeting the expectation you think you should like in this example it's 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 like my neatness and my my uh my executive function and stuff like that but like once you just take the the morality or the the like expectation like the 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 
you just you make it like a very dry statement like mm-hmm. it just it becomes there the shame like is is removed from it yeah you're able to think like more clearly about what's right for you what suits you what would benefit you mm-hmm. and not what you think you should do you know yeah what would be beneficial to me you know like you can ask yourself like better questions than about how to move forward you know yeah I love that I think that's uh a really valuable piece I think thinking I think a lot of the expectation that society and our and we ourselves put upon ourselves translates itself into shame when we're, when those expectations aren't met so I love that component of taking away that shame from the expectation and seeing what's left and if yes. what's left is something that serves you okay right. by all means work on it and if what's left is just just this moral 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 neutrality like you said then maybe yeah. it's realizing that it's actually not um serving you or not serving you it's just uh it's causing you shame and the shame isn't necessarily v- not valid I don't like that word because I think all our feelings are valid but um it's uh it's not helpful exactly it's not helpful and so yeah trying to find a path through that's a great way to find a path through and it actually I think I'll share one last piece and then maybe we'll close up is uh something that I, it's it it, it echoes something that I have just been working on. And that is also around actually, coincidentally, um, my house and and having a tidy home and having things put a certain way. And I think um, it's also something that I struggle with. And I also struggle with like wanting it to always be a certain way, especially when other people come over. And so uh, I hadn't thought of this moral neutrality thing and the shame component of it, which I love and I'll try to implement. But what I was thinking about it and working through is how much of this is for me and how much of this is for someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to find my way through that. And I think, and again, I'm going to say this like from now till probably I die, everything is a combination of both. Right. It's not. And I was actually talking with this, with my therapist about this and she was like, well, how much of this is for you and how much of this is for someone else? And I was like, well, there's always going to be a component of something for someone else. Always like that's we're human. Like we are social beings. There's always going to be. So it's like, we were talking about all the things that I do, what, what, what I cook, when I exercise, when I tidy my house, when I go out, when I, everything. Right. And so like, even though let's say, let's talk about working out. Right. Of Mm -hmm. course I do that for me. I love it. I love the way it makes me feel. I love the energy it gives me, the endorphins that I get. Um, but I also love the fact that now I'm someone, and I'm saying, I'm putting quotes, someone right. who walks out and that right. I can stand on that and that I can talk about that with people and then it gives a certain perspective of me, like a hundred percent. And that's like, yeah, yeah. I can't erase that. You know, I care about what other people think. We all do. Exactly. But um, the the difference between, am I doing this for me and or am I doing this for someone else has, is helping me find where within that, within the, is this for me or is this for someone else within that spectrum? Where is it serving me? And so the question is not how much of this is for me and how much of this is for someone else. The question is on the spectrum where this is for me is all the way on the left. And this is for someone else is all the way on the right. At what point on that spectrum, does it be, does it move from serving me to harming me? Right. Right. I love that. Yeah. That's really good. I'm going to definitely try to use that. Yeah. And it's hard because just because it's for someone else doesn't mean it doesn't serve you. Right. 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 So like cooking healthy food for people to think that I cook healthy food is actually also serving me because now I'm eating healthy food. That's a silly example, but you know, for it example, is. it's, it's not a silly, it's, it, it's not silly because for example, if it, if you were more healthy as a result of it, but after they left, you felt 
really stressed and overworked, then it wasn't serving you, even if the food was healthy, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think instead of like a line with a spectrum, it's more of one of those boxes <laughs> where like, where does it overlap and like the upper like right the Venn diagram. Yeah, exactly. Where the Venn diagram. Exactly. So, so yeah, that's something I'm working through together with those societal expectations of like expectation is house is always clean. And then I love that. I'm going to add that piece of like, that doesn't actually mean anything about who I am as a person, right? If my yeah. house is clean or messy, it actually doesn't mean anything about who I am as a person. And right. as I'm saying it, I'm like internalizing it because I I don't really believe that yet. I, I Yeah, for sure. It'll take a while or maybe yeah. like a lifetime. But also mm -hmm. I feel like a big piece of it is there's the things that we feel uh, that people expect of us. And then there's like the narrative that we acquired like throughout our life about what it means about us. For example, if like you grow up mm -hmm. in a dysfunctional house and the house is a wreck, yeah, it looks like a garbage can. Yeah. Um, and you're so much so that you're embarrassed to bring friends over. Then, you know, like I'll I'll try to do everything in my power to not have that kind of house for yes. myself. You know, and it is associated with the moral dysfunction, not a moral neutrality for you. Right, right. Yes. That's why it's really, really tricky. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. So I think it's um it's easy to say these statements of pulling the shame out and finding that neutrality and understanding where it serves me and where it harms me and for me and for others. But it's more about putting in the work to personally grow. Just kidding. Do you feel it? <laughs> um, no, but it's about putting in the work to, and it's, it's not something that you one day get, and then you never work on again. It's every time you're faced with this circumstance, trying to change your perspective and look at it in a different lens so that hopefully it doesn't uh, cause you as much pain or anxiety, anxiety or right okay. cool 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 well, that's <laughs> that's all i have to say how about you um yeah i think so yeah okay i was thinking of something that we could do to end the podcast in a in a fun way or a positive way um, and so I decided to come up with a very high pressure question <laughs> to ask you, <laughs> which I did give you fair warning about. Cause I, I said, I think what I said exactly was that if somebody had asked me that without any warning, I think I'd have a mild panic attack. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's no pressure to answer, but I'm wondering if you could share something that you love about yourself and then maybe I can share something that I love about you. Oh, oh thank you. That's not going to embarrass me at all. Um, <laughs> uh so so yeah I had to like think about it for a second because it's for some reason uh was a bit of a hard question uh even though there are a couple of things that I really like about myself but I think that you know what I was gonna say something and I'm gonna say something else yeah I love <laughs> that I'm a, I love my creativity I love that I'm a creative person and I love that I'm a maker and I love that I can make things with my own two hands and uh wear those things and show them off. I love that. Yeah. And right now, <laughs> even though no one else can see it, but I can on Zoom, you're wearing a really pretty turtleneck. Is it a shirt or a dress? Because I don't see your lower it's half. It's a shirt. It's a a shirt. shirt. It's beautiful that you made by yourself. Thank you. And I love that about you too. And I think that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And something that I love about you is that you are someone who feels deeply and obviously cares about what other people think of you. But I think that at least in, in 
my experience and our friendship, and obviously we're close, so we feel maybe this doesn't exist outside, but I think that I love that you're not afraid to challenge uh, other points of view and ways of thinking because. Wow, thank you. Yeah. Even just our first conversation about you're, you're asking me, okay, so what do you want with this podcast and where do you want it to go? And what are you thinking? And I was sharing my thoughts and you were like, all right, well, here's why I don't like the word personal growth. And you know, I think initially when someone is challenged, initially they're like, oh, you know what I mean? But then I was like, you know what, that's a really good point. And I actually want to clarify that. And that opened the door to the beginning part of this talk in this episode where we did clarify that. And I think it's actually going to help set the tone for future episodes. So personally, selfishly, I'm grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that that's a really admirable quality and something that I, I try to teach myself and, and I can learn from you for. So, yeah. Thanks. Thank for you. Being- I feel like I, I feel like I should say something nice about you right now. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, don't have to think too hard about it, but <laughs> I don't have to think too hard. I don't have to think too hard. I was, I, I was, uh, I just, it's your podcast. So I don't know if I can like just interrupt you like that. <laughs> so rude, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, I love, uh, one of the things that I love about you is your honesty and also like your openness. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, it's like the other side of what you were telling me. I feel like, yes, I, 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 I did say something that challenged you, but mm-hmm. you were the fact that you were uh, totally like open to, to like receiving and, and thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And, and like, there wasn't like any defensiveness about it. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe actually there was, but initially, but then, but then like you, you uh, opened up to it. I feel like that says a ton about you. Like, I feel like that's a really, really special quality. Thank you. That's sweet. Yeah. And also I really like you. And also you're my friend and you're my sister-in-law and you're the best. Oh, I love you. It's funny because people always say whenever I refer to like you and Vora and Danielle, I always say sister in law. And then I just like kind of stopped and I just started saying sisters. And then I had to pick it up again because people are like, I thought you, you have had sisters? two brothers, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I always tell Michael, like, if you know, even if. Uh, but also, like, if, if I was your sister, then you would bear, be married to your brother and that would be really weird. Yeah. <laughs> People already think we look alike. So like, no, thanks. But I will say that I mean, Mike, like, uh, you know, we're, we're solid as, as hell. Um, but I always say to him, if things don't work out, I'm keeping your family. Oh, <laughs> nice. I was like, you guys are the sisters I never had. Even Shmuel, like your older brother. I always joke. He's the older brother. I never wanted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's so good. I thought you were going to say he's also the sister you never had. <laughs> No, that doesn't apply to him. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I think that's it for today. Thanks for coming on. Um, I love you. I love you too. And maybe, maybe if this isn't like completely weird, you'll have me on another time. I would love I would to. Love that. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs>